Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David, back with another episode of Views from the Porch with Becca Kepto. What's up, guys? I love when I get to go first. I just, mm, J.D. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm just trying to mix it up a little. J.D. Rogers! Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, how's everyone doing? You know, I'm doing okay. Just okay? I David, could use a Celsius. Oh, yeah, that's right. what I need ice. Don't open it. Oh, you need high. Okay, high maintenance. <laughs> this guy is high maintenance. Speaking of highs, y'all ever had like a mountaintop experience? Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, y'all ever gone through hills and valleys? Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do this thing where I always try to naturally segue us into the topic. Yeah, that was good. And sometimes it's going to be a stretch. But, you know, in the hills and valleys of life, I've heard the response should be to sing songs of worship. Yes. Wow. Which... When you put those things together, it reminds me of a band that you might have heard of called Hillsong. Mm. Hillsong. Bum, bum, bum. Oh Everyone God. wants to know. Everyone's talking about it. Oh. What's happening with really going on behind oh, Hillsong? Man. The band that we've all known and loved hmm. is now put on the chopping block, which a lot of Christians low-key are today. Yeah. This doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to just change all my views on Hillsong. We need to be informed. We need to like talk about it. Yeah. And I don't know about you, David, but I've been hit up a lot this week of, hey, you know, what? how should we think about this whole Hillsong thing? Will the porch continue to sing songs from Hillsong given what's mm-hmm. been shared? And so give a little bit of context of what we're talking about. If they don't know, why is everyone suddenly talking about Hillsong Church? Well, I'll give my answer. And then if there's anything else that like... What recently came out? Well, recently a documentary was released on uh, Discovery Plus... Which no one ever heard of. No one has ever heard of. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And they released a documentary that was, so Hillsong is a mega church in Australia that has had tremendous influence in terms of Christian music and producing music and songs that people sing, whether it's, um, you said, what was the one that you did? Uh, Hills and Valleys? No. Highlands? Well, no, I wasn't actually quoting a song. Oh, the bad one. Or <laughs> but Highlands, you know, Mighty sure. to Save. Highs and Lows. Oceans. Yeah. Call Me Out on Classic. the Oceans. Uh, Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Some of the most listened to songs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Surrender. I keep going. What a Beautiful Name. Who what You a beautiful, Say I Am. That's a good one. Who You Say I Am, yeah. And this band started in the 19, I believe it was like late 70s, 1979. Or this church started, and they have a band that is really gone all over the world and produced songs that so many take, churches take, sing. Take, take, it all, take, yeah. take, take it all. That's from your days. Yeah, it is. Your youth group days. Oh, man. And tragically, last week, I don't know if there was a correlation at all. I haven't heard. I don't know if you have. He resigned the day before that documentary got released. I don't think there was any relationship there, but there could have been. Yeah. Or at least it, from the outside, it looks Interesting coincidence. Yeah, yeah, that is a PR. It's mm-hmm. almost like, huh, he didn't know it was coming. Yeah. You could yeah. think. You could think. I'm not yeah. saying I think that. But publicly... Everyone knew it was coming, you know, and uh, and so what should Christians think about that? The the scandal of the documentary, which have you guys watched? Uh, yet. No, I plan to. I it's on to. the agenda. I've been out of town. I would say, as it relates to documentaries in general, like there is clearly a bias. There's always a bias. It's impossible mm-hmm. for me 
anytime I talk about anything to not remove my bias. And I think especially when you have a non-believing entity like Discovery Plus producing a a three docu uh, three episode documentary, they're gonna have a bias. And I watched the entire thing with my wife, and my heart broke broke for those guys. I think the biggest headline people should take away is continue to pray for. Pray for those hurt by the church. Pray for those in leadership that are still human beings. And regardless of the decisions that they've made, could use your prayer. And pray that they would have the conviction and courage to make amends and to make things right. But the documentary, for the most part, focused on the um, scandal that happened in New York. And the reason I started with saying anytime a a non-Christian group is producing something, you just don't know they could slant anything. They could come do a documentary on the porch and mm-hmm. make it seem like, and they talked to these one fringe people that were like, and JD, he, he he said, and they can take, rip things out of context. And so I just think it's healthy to go in there going, I'm going to assume the best. I want to extend grace. I'm not going to believe anything is Bible other than the Bible. Yeah, it's good. And yet um, as ministry leaders and as Christians, we know that our actions have an impact and the decisions we make impact people. And for him in particular, it just focused on some decisions that he made related to his marriage and faithfulness there. And um, and so, man, I would pray for him, the senior pastor formerly of Hillsong, New York. And I would pray that God would continue to work in a mighty way. The enemy wants to take events like this. And similar to like, if you have a bad experience at Chick-fil-A, or who's ever had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A? Let's be honest. I know, right? Yeah. If you have a bad experience at uh, what's a restaurant where people like kind of have bad experience? Waffle House. Really? Really? Are you guys serious? You've never seen all those videos all over the internet of Waffle House employees like always getting oh, like into having it with a the fight? customers? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. So people have a bad experience at Waffle House and they do what human nature does. They just go, Waffle House was horrible. And they don't recognize that you had a bad experience with Sandra. Not with Waffle House, right. like the corporate entity of all the thousands of Waffle Houses everywhere. To throw all of them in and rope all of them in is it's just unwise because at the end of the day, there's somebody that had an amazing experience today at Waffle House and you had one bad experience and now it's tainted all of that. And I say all that to say sometimes that happens with the church where people go, man, the church hurt me. And they had mm-hmm. a, they legitimately were hurt, but they rope in all churches everywhere at all times and they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that would be something I would just caution, and um, and it's understandable. But at the end of the day, you're having a bad experience with a human, not with a institution God created. So as it relates to the church, I think there's lessons we can learn. The celebrity pastor thing, like, there's a lot of things like we could talk about. But anything else you would set up on the scandal? There was also a scandal with um, Brian Houston, who's a senior pastor, formerly senior pastor. His father. And all of that is still under investigation. And being removed like we are, it's hard to really speak to anything other than generic principles to take away, I would say. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think what's hard is sometimes whenever things are out like this, the question that people ask is, should we endorse them? So, like, should we continue to listen to their music? Should we continue to sing their songs at our church? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that saying, like that we endorse them by singing their songs and by enjoying their music on Spotify. I think that's a question I want to hear you talk about, but also um, what is endorsing in the world? Cause like, even to come down to Bethel, like Bethel has some theological differences that yeah. we do. And 
yeah, maybe they ha- don't have a documentary about them, which is actually more surprising to me that totally. they yeah. don't have a documentary. But they, you know, they they don't have a documentary, so they're not in the public eye right now. But we sing their songs, and there's things that we disagree with that we still continue to. If it if it is endorsing by singing their songs, I think that's one thing I'm talking about. The second thing is, um, should you? How do you inform an opinion that's not just based off of the hot topic? Mm-hmm. I think so today, like when media does present itself, we're just sheep. Yeah, we're sheep, and so we could watch a documentary and be like, "Oh my gosh, Hillsong! Did y'all see how crazy? Who knew? Wow!" And just build up this like thing. But I'm like. You've been that was all going on while you were rocking them. Yeah. And so, how should we inform an opinion when things like this happen in the world? And should we let it like, how should we let it shape our thinking and our affirming of a church or a worship band moving forward? Mm-hmm. Man, there's so much there. I feel like the first depleted, the proverb that says the first depleted's case seems right until another comes and cross examines him. And that's kind of what I mean by like, we just don't know exactly all the facts. And, and um, you know, we've seen transition in our own church that somebody from afar could take sound bites and take things and they could just twist them in a way that even if they're, every person is, has sin in their life, nobody's perfect, but they could just twist them and make them, man, that's really a stretch. Yeah, because then you have like the rise and fall of Mars Hill, yeah. one of the most popular Christian podcasts right now, exposing Mark Driscoll's church. And then, you know, but now he's a pastor of another church in Arizona so it's like super confusing because you're like, well, wait, if all that's true, how are people even following this guy yeah, when all of this is out there? So it's like just so hard to know what to believe and how to follow. Yeah. And that's where I think you got to just almost run back to um, the truth from God's word that, man, mm-hmm. if that is, let's say, like, we can't know. Like, J.D., that's such a good example. I don't know what's true with Mars Hill and what's not and what's true with Mark. And I don't say that to dismiss claims or hurts that people have or to validate actions that he was claimed to have taken. I just say, it's hard for me to live through any other lens other than my own experience and what the Bible says. So I can take away principle. Like, let's assume all of that's true. Take the names out and just assume there was a church and this happened and there was this moral failure or there was this pride and this type of controlling behavior. I think the most appropriate response for us is, how do I have controlling behavior that if I'm not careful, I can increasingly become a monster marked by anger, pride, resentment, control, um, domineering. And I think just try to take that away, not even assuming all of that's true. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, hey, let's pretend, take the names out and assume it's true. Okay, the best lesson I can take is not to throw stones, but to go, man, how do I see those things in me and where do I need God to take ground? So before we move on to the song thing, anything y'all would add to that? Yeah, I think my biggest thing kind of like you're saying, is just to make sure that you don't just go with the wind, like you don't just see something and everyone talking about something and just be quick to be like, oh my gosh, and like add like fuel to the flame. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I just think that we do that. We Something happens in culture or something pops up on social media is trending and we're just like, uh, we freak out and we just jump on and it comes, to, it comes down like, it ends up hurting us in the end. Yes. Because despite what's, I haven't seen the documentary, despite what's on there, you know, God has used that church to change a a world, you know, for his name. And I have to believe there are people at that church who have been pure hearted and want to see Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, raised high across the entire world. And so 
to see this documentary and be like, man, I'm out on Hillsong. That just seems very scary. Like, it's almost like the Christian canceling. Yeah. That's what this feels like of, oh, a documentary came out exposing all these things. I'm done. I don't feel like that's ever the the right response. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, so I come from a political background working in Washington, D.C., so you constantly are just bombarded with news. So I think, David, what you said is really important of not just hearing, and you were talking about this too, J.D., hearing or seeing anything on the news or social media and automatically placing judgments or believing that what you're seeing um, is true. So I would always constantly run back, like David said, to what does the Bible have to say about this or what can I learn from this instead of just being, I feel like we live in a world where scandals are almost glamorized and we like reality TV, the Kardashians is entertaining to watch documentaries like the Hillsong documentary. Um, But really like we live in a broken world with so many hurt people. And so what lessons can we learn from um, what we see in the news or in documentaries like this one? Totally. You know, I think the danger in throwing out um, something like, Hey, do you sing the songs or do you not? Some of that comes down to the conviction of the leaders there. Like, we probably would disagree with different friends. We'd agree on all the main things. And then there's, I've got friends who think you shouldn't sing Bethel, tong- Bethel songs because it endorses them, to mm-hmm. your point, or it's, it is, um, it's helping finance a group that is misleading people. And I think there's arguments you can make for that. As it relates to Hillsong, I think the question that we are pretty thoughtful about here, I think, and maybe I'm sure we could even be more thoughtful, is, is there anything lyrically? in the words of this song that theologically is not true or biblically is not accurate. And if so, then let's not sing the song. Mm-hmm. If it is accurate and it it um, is Christ exalting, then whoever authored it is going to be an imperfect person, just like every song that was ever written by an imperfect person. Like uh, there was a guy named Robert Robertson who wrote a song. Oh man, this is such a powerful song. Um, come thou fount of every blessing to my yeah. You know the story behind that guy? No, I don't know the story. So he wrote a song. His name was Robert Robertson, which, what a name. Mm-hmm. And in the 1800s, he wrote that song. And then he, I mean, it's an ironic song because he's saying, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. He had a season where he like rebelled from his faith and ran from his faith. And he got on a chariot in England and he was riding the chariot and a woman was singing that song. And he started crying. And she said, do you, do you know the song? Have you heard the song? It's a beautiful song. And he was like, Madam, I know the one who wrote that song. And he has lived out. He basically was like, man, I wrote that song. And it, he wow. was drawn back to God. But at different points in his story, that woman could have been like, man, I'm not going to sing that because haven't you heard Robert Robertson like walked away from his faith? So I guess that's a long way of saying, I think there's just a danger in saying anytime somebody has sin in their life, because all of us do, then we're going to totally disregard something that may still have good or may have um, theologically sound or, or sound teaching. It's true and right. Another example would be King James. You guys know King James? Like? King James Bible? I was like, LeBron James. <laughs> like LeBron. <laughs> no, not, not LeBron, to be abundantly clear about what I'm about to say. But King James financed the first, I think it was actually the second English Bible. He financed the King James Bible. Yeah. And he had homosexual relationships for years and years and years. And so somebody could go, man, based on that thinking, what the church read for a couple hundred years should have been totally thrown out because it was anchored to, it was the translation that was produced by King James, like not a LeBron, by King James of England. So I I just think it's a dangerous thing and probably a better standard, but I'd love to hear what y'all think, is going, hey, where does God's word 
Um, can I, through the Bible, support this? And if I can't, then I shouldn't be singing it, certainly not in a worship church environment. And if I can, then I can still be prayerful and thoughtful, and then it comes down to really a conviction. But what would y'all say? I think that if the standard is, you know, you can't have broken people producing Christian content, then I shouldn't be preaching. Yeah. And, you know, at what line do you draw that line? I think it's really about how does people, how do people respond to their sin? And if someone's just actively rebelling, rebelling and continuing to sin with no repentant lifestyle, that's where I can see like, okay, probably best to not endorse this person. But, you know, Hillsong was in Dallas last night and a lot of our friends went to the concert and I actually heard someone in the elevator say this morning, yeah, we intentionally didn't watch the documentary before because we wanted to go in with like a pure mind to worship. Wow. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like the fact that you're, you're, so you're claiming yeah. like you wouldn't potentially not have been able to worship. That's not taking a shot at them. I'm just saying like, when you think about it, you're like, oh, if I watch this, I understand that this could skew my view and prohibit me from worshiping. Then I thought about that and I'm like, well then, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a teaching and I'm full of broken mistakes that week. And so the Bible is just full of God using broken people, really right. broken people. I mean, you have David. God continued, and it, and it was in a different way, but God continued to use King David after sleeping with Bathsheba and killing Uriah. You know, there's just, there's different, I don't know, I just think we can't ever get too prideful in these situations and realize that God has always, from day one, used broken people to send his message, and that's kind of the point. That is his message. I've come for broken people. Yeah. And then, like, I was thinking about watching the videos on Instagram last night of people at the concert and just seeing, like, Taya and all those guys, like, just surrendered in worship. You know, if if I was them and this was happening in my church and happening amongst my leadership, I'm like, man, my call, despite what I feel and how hurt I am right now, I've got to go out there and worship yeah. God because that's what it's always been 100%. about. Yeah. Like, what if they're having a meeting backstage and they're all crying? I'm sure. You know, and they're all like, man, this is so hard, but this is, we've always said we're here to worship God and not our church. And so we have to keep doing what we're called to do. You know, just if I, if I got to see that moment, everything would change. And honestly, I would go, this might be the most powerful worship you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I just think there's always we got to remember there's always more and that we can't see. And your job, like you said, David, is to go, what does this mean for me? Because one day you're not going to stand before God and go, hey, God, did you say, well done, my good and faithful Hillsong church? Mm-hmm. You're going to be wanting to hear about you and what he thinks of you. And the more that you spend your time and let the enemy just use your attention to be thinking about, well, that church and this church and that church, I think you're just you're losing and it should be to point to him and to point to yourself to go, how am I using my life, my gifts, my, just my walk, um, to bring God glory. It's good, man. Yeah. And sometimes I think we can get really judgmental as Christians and think this would never happen at our church, but the reality is that we are all broken sinners and this can very easily be something that does happen in our church. So I think mm-hmm. this is the time where, um, like you said, run to worship and run back to Jesus in times like this. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I love it. Well, Lord, we pray for Hillsong. We pray that you would just restore and bring about a mighty work and that bright days for your church would be ahead and that you would heal wounds that have existed and currently exist and um, that your church would just 
be a place where broken people will find healing and hope. So we love you. Amen. All right, guys, that's it for us. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.